Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. Graham Couch here from the Lansing State Journal, alongside Chris Solari from the Detroit Free Press. Uh, after Michigan State's 37-33 epic, improbable, I don't know if calling it improbable anymore is, is right, uh, but a win over Michigan that makes it 10 wins in 14 years for Michigan State and uh, certainly had a lot of the drama of some of the great games that we've seen in this rivalry and, and uh, a game that for a long time did not look like Michigan State was going to come out on top and then Kenneth Walker kind of took hold of things. And boom, and that's the ability he gives you, right? I mean, that's, that's the reason the rest of this season is sort of interesting for them beyond even Michigan, because he's a headache for everybody, and he has the ability to take it to the house at any, at any point. Chris, uh, let, let's just start with your initial thoughts describing this game and what you saw and what it means for the Spartans. Well, I, I would be remiss if I didn't start from the beginning, because quite honestly, this was everything that we missed a year ago in terms of atmosphere of a college game, the big game nature. I mean, it to me, it you rarely see a game like this live up to the hype. And, and this one did. Um, this looked like two top 10 teams just trading punches back and forth. And, you know, there were flaws on both of these teams, a lot that we knew that, were, that existed. But, I mean, the atmosphere, the energy, the, you know, you had the dueling, pregame shows there you had fans that were lining up yesterday on friday or saturday or excuse me friday night or friday afternoon to get in for a noon kickoff um the 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 weird day the gray overcast made it feel like it was later than it really was and just the rising tension throughout that game was was phenomenal i mean it was uh, you know maybe Biggest game at, at Michigan State at Spartan Stadium since the '66 Notre Dame game. Um, I, I, I I have nothing else to compare it to, and I was not contrary to popular belief alive there during Joe Rexrode's freshman year in '66. Uh, but that was uh, that's the one thing I can think of is that the atmosphere and the energy of the town, the stadium, the players. Uh, that's the only thing I think is probably a comparative to this game. And my goodness, I mean, it was, you know, you, if you're Michigan, you, you had them up 16 uh, and you let it go um, and credit Michigan State for for grinding it out because um, we're going to be talking about this game for tonight and quite a while, I think, in the, in the coming years. Yeah, it was an interesting game in, in a lot of ways because none of the even when Michigan was sort of in control. None of the issues that I thought could be in play for either of these teams was playing out. Like Michigan State could run the ball with some effectiveness from the get-go, and that was a question, right? And, and then what would that mean? Uh, Michigan ran the ball okay, but they were throwing the ball pretty well from the get-go. And so it, like the game that you sort of wondered if it would unfold, all the analysis you do ahead of time and everything, 
wasn't really what was happening. And, and yet Michigan looked at the line of scrimmage a little better. And, and one of the things that's interesting, it's, and I had to sort of remind myself of this. So, you know, you look at a guy like Aiden Hutchinson, and Aiden Hutchinson is a guy that – Great game. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he impacted beyond his, his one – I mean, the holding calls he created and all that. I mean, he's just, he's just a, a force that Michigan State doesn't have a guy like that. They don't. And, and, and so you, for a minute you're going, well, there's the separation of these two programs right now, or these two teams at least. And yet then you see Kenneth Walker and you go, well, there's the separation on the other side. Because for all that Blake Corum is, and there's some, they have really good backs in Michigan, he, he's the best player on the field, when he, uh, or at least uh, the offensive player on the field, Kenneth Walker. And he is an NFL back, truly. Like, there are guys in this game, Blake Corum's going to play in the NFL. But what I mean is that he is an NFL black, back playing in a college game, and he is um, – it, it just it, it's just another level guy. And the, the, it, it, this will elevate his Heisman candidacy. There's yeah. no question because so many people saw this, and he was so good at such a key time, the, the two late touchdowns. Uh, long runs and and um, 101 it, yards in the fourth quarter. 101 of his 197 yeah. in the fourth quarter. That's a, that's a, that's incredible. And and so and he does deserve to be in that conversation. Now we wondered after the Indiana game whether he and that line together could do enough. And there was some really good blocking on a couple of those runs. Now, having said that, you look at them and you go, "That's great blocking. That's still not a touchdown if it's not Kenneth Walker." And, and that's yeah. sort of where it's, it's different. And, and Mel Tucker talked about the idea that they know at any point this could happen. And there is an edge to them when they're blocking for him. They know he might break this. And it's, I'm not saying they try harder than they would for other backs. But there's always this question of, you know, what, what might he be able to pull off in, in any scenario? And, and you sort of stay with, with your blocks. But, yeah, no, for Michigan State, what, 8-0, a chance to go 9-0 for the first time since 66. Uh, a really good shot if they can stay focused and, and – beat Purdue, which I Purdue is not going to be easy on the road mm-hmm. and beat Maryland. They, they've got a really good chance right now to they've earned the opportunity to, to maybe go into Columbus unbeaten playing for a big 10 East championship. And that's a chore that may not go well, but they, they've at least earned the chore. Yeah. Net Ohio state games in three weeks. Uh, yeah. You get Purdue at Purdue home against Maryland and then Ohio state and, you know, Michigan state's 65s team went 10 and 0 to start and then lost the Rose Bowl. They, if, if Michigan State's able to beat Purdue and beat Maryland, and they will be favored in those games, um, that'll be the first time they have a chance to go 11-0. and And sure. you think about how good some of those teams that D'Antonio had. And obviously there's a lot more games now than, you know, in the 50s and 60s when they were going unbeaten 9-0 and winning national championships. But uh, And that, to me, makes it a little bit harder because you're playing a lot more games. You're playing – uh, much more physical competition and a grueling competition. Uh, it, Purdue is not, nowhere near a gimme. Um, Purdue can strike you at any point, particularly when you've got a pass defense that that got gas for over 400 yards uh, against Michigan it, that wasn't really doing it through the air. And, and the, the blueprints there, run the crossing routes, run run the screens, use your tight ends. And, you know, that was where a lot of those plays came from. Michigan, I mean, the Andrell Anthony first touchdown was just yeah. a crossing route, and he ran away from Angelo Gross like and, and Xavier Henderson like they were stuck in mud. Holy and, smokes, Anthony looked good. The, yeah, um, and Henderson Purdue- even said that. He's like, he's like, I got he, – he ran right away from me. And But the resolve that this team showed yeah. – um, and they keep talking about so what, now what, and, you know, move on to the next play and keep chopping. I mean, you know, that's 
you know, those are phrases, but you see the resiliency when they're down 16. You see the resiliency when they give up that 93-yard touchdown or when Peyton Thorne throws two interceptions early and then doesn't turn the ball over, even though there were twice that he, you know, two pivotal plays, really. I mean, if Jarrett Horst doesn't dive on that one, that sets Michigan up for in good field position, and that came after the, the fumble in the end zone that was recovered for a touchdown by Hutchison that got overturned. I'm not sure where the the ref saw it. It, it was it's a really close play. I mean, very close play. No I was question. surprised it got. I was surprised I was, it got overturned. I thought yeah, it, I thought it was one of those things they would stick with a call on the field. Like I didn't think you'd overturn it uh, either unless, way, unless there was a video angle that we didn't see, which yeah. usually there isn't. But um, you know, if they saw something else that was a little more definitive, um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, we're it, it's going to be a play that's debated uh, on the Michigan side for quite a while, I'm sure, and embraced on the Michigan state side. And, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's the nature of these games. That's the nature of replay. Michigan state benefited from a couple other replays with Jaden Reed catches. Yep. Um, you know, so they, you know, there wasn't a, a, a bit of luck, but sometimes you create your own luck. Yeah, no, they were the, they were the better team in the last, you know, 22 minutes of the game or whatever. And yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to make sure I give credit to the right guy. I was looking for this, uh, this uh, Josh uh, Pate, uh, video and tweet of Mark D'Antonio after the game. I don't know if you've seen this yet, and it was uh, it's 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 really good. I, I retweeted it earlier, and it's just from behind it, Antonio. You see his face at times. He's just watching MSU players celebrate, and there's just this this satisfaction and this pride. I think that was going on, you know, sort of the the, the you know the, the Godfather, the grandfather of the program to, to see that sort of thing and, and to create this dynamic against Michigan, which has taken hold over the last 14 years. It is. Uh, it, he it, should. He should yeah. because you know, you know, he took a lot of heat uh, in his final few years, and and particularly from the fans of in eighteen and nineteen who thought he left the cupboard bare, the way and and timing of his exit, how the fickle situation. Uh, but a lot of these guys, I mean, you know, I, I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago. You know, Peyton Thorne, Jaden Reed, Jalen Naylor, uh, Connor Hayward. All these guys that are making big impacts. Cal Halliday was one of his recruits. All the front seven, or all the front four, I should say. Uh, you know, Drew Beasley coming back gave an emotional lift, and he played through probably, you know, one of his teammates. I can't remember who it was. I think it was Halliday said he probably shouldn't even have been come back this quickly, but Tucker said he circled it on his calendar and said, I'm coming back for this game. Yeah. And he was there and he started. And I mean, those kind of things are, are, are hallmarks and staples of what D'Antonio built and the things that he cherished and uh, uh, not look, have to go through a game prep week yeah. and to be able to shake hands with Mel Tucker before the game and just kind of soak it all in. Um, he, he deserves that moment, I think. Right. And there's no there's no question that they lost steam like Michigan State was not going to win these last two games if Mark D'Antonio was still the coach. I mean, uh, Tucker has uh, brought energy, a new staff, a new some new approaches. Uh, he's brought Jay Johnson, frankly, who I thought had an excellent game today outside yes. of the last possession when they were trying to salt the game away and they got weird. And I was like, that, that's, that's, that could cost you the game, but then they get the, the, the pick by Brantley and they're okay anyway. But, but otherwise I thought, I thought that, was, I thought that first play might've had a chance, but then after yeah. that, I was like, well, like, I think they just kind of said, let's, let's just ride the defense. Yeah, and it worked. It worked, to, to, to be fair. Um, but and I thought he was really good in a couple settings. One, the the fourth and one that leads to the long uh, Jalen Naylor play. That's a play, you know, I think it's underutilized. You see it sometimes, right? You misdirection behind the line. It looks like a, ru- a running situation. 
And you need a few things. You need a running back people believe you're going to use. You need a quarterback you trust. You need weapons that people fear in the misdirection. And then you need a receiver you trust to catch it. And I remember, for those who uh, do a drinking game, when I mentioned Kalamazoo and Western Michigan, here's your opportunity. But the first time I ever saw it, I was a fourth and one at Temple with Western Michigan and Greg Jennings. And it was like, I remember asking the coach, and he's like, yeah, we got nothing safer than Greg Jennings' hands right there. We're going to throw that play. And when you have a Jaden Reed and you have a Jalen Naylor, you have that opportunity. And you have a quarterback who you, you, you trust. And, 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 you know, I mean, so I thought that was a, a really uh, key play call. I thought there was another one that led to the uh, – fi- before the 58-yard run by Walker, there's a third and 10 play to, uh, to Jaden Reed in which they sort of uh, – they moved the lineman away from Hutchinson and they, they sort of froze him with Thorne kind of coming at him and then threw that some, you know, Reed had a little seam in there. I don't know what the exact play was, but he, and, and he was able to get that first down and that at a really pivotal time kept that drive alive. And I thought that was a really creative, important play call. And there were just a number of those things. I just thought that the, the pacing, the time right after the long play by Naylor and they, they run up and they use tempo right away to get in the end zone. Like, there were just a lot of things that you 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 know that you tempo don't see. that tempo was better than I and faster yeah. than I've ever seen Michigan State operate, and that I mean you talk about something that took Michigan out of its element. I mean t- two or three times after big plays, foreign in the line and the players were upset and forced them to have either too many men on the field or an illegal substitution uh, that that really caught them, and including on the, the I think on the Walker touchdown run, uh, the eight yard run that you know right after that Naylor play. Um, but I, I think, you know, on that Naylor catch, I mean, let's think back about a year, okay? A year ago at this time, Rocky Lombardi was the starting quarterback. Peyton Thorne wasn't getting much opportunity. And, you know, going into December, you know, before you get around that point where he starts to play against, he gets the start against Penn State, you wonder what his future is going to be in his program. You know, you knew Michigan State, you knew Mel Tucker was bringing in Hamp Fay, his quarterback. Um, you know, you had Lombardi who had been starting and they clearly had uh, him kind of targeted as the guy and wouldn't get Thorne the, the starting job until Lombardi got hurt. Then he has that game against Penn State. And I don't know if that built trust, if there if there was a question of whether or not Thorne would be the guy, but he had a face full of Aiden Hutchinson on that fourth down throw and couldn't have put a more perfect ball yeah. to, to Naylor on that play. Yeah, I mean... You think about in a year, um, and even the two interceptions he had, you know, one was, you know, like you said, it basically became a punt, you know, it pinned him at the two on that first drive. But, you know, he also broke it down. I think you've pointed it out about how much he breaks down his mistakes pretty quickly. You know, he knew that the safety was rolling over and, and probably shouldn't have put that much air under the ball. Um, and then the other one was bounced off a guy's face mask. Uh, but he kept playing through it. You know, he, he, he did the things that he needed to do with his legs, either – pulling and running or shuffling away from pressure. And they're in this game and and really winning this game because of what he did early and then Walker did late. Well, I, and I actually thought he was better in the second half too. I thought he was, he, yeah. you know, he was six for seven in the third quarter. I think like he was, he you should really, say early in the second half. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. 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 I thought he was, and you know, he hasn't always had great second half. So I thought that was an important step. And I, I think one thing that, you know, if you, as you look at this team and they're, their odds of pulling an upset against Ohio State. And as we record this, Ohio State, I don't know, let me check the score right now. 
against Penn State. Um, I know this makes for good live um, uh, podcast. You know what I didn't hear today? I, I, while you look it up, I, I did not hear the term, I need to watch the tape first. So I'm going to throw it here because there's a lot of plays in this game that I really need to see back. Yeah. Um, so Ohio State up 17-10 at Penn State or against Penn State at home. Like they're not drilling a Penn State team that's been struggling. So, you know. I thought Penn State was playing Illinois tonight. <laughs> so the, the question is, 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 you know, is can Michigan State on the right day play with Ohio State? I think they can. I think the keys to those games are two things. One, keeping your mouth shut that week. You know. <laughs> You don't poke Ohio State. That's that's Which a they long. They did this week. They kept their mouth shut pretty yeah. well, but had you, the right. They put the right guys in front of people too. Yeah, yeah. You want to be careful though with Ohio State, and, and so, and, but again, when you have a quarterback who's growing and developing and has at times and, and a great understanding of what's happening in front of him and why things happen and why they go wrong, you've got a chance. You just never know when he's going to take the level that Thorne has a game that you go whoa. You remember that game? And then when you have a Kenneth Walker, um, what that creates, the stress, the pressure, the ability against anybody. Because here's the thing. He is, as we talked about Aiden Hutchinson, he's that on offense. It doesn't matter what game he's in. It doesn't matter who the college football opponent is. He's a problem. And so, you know, now the question can be raised whether they can block well enough to allow him to be a problem. And there's a couple games where that hasn't really been the case. But Michigan was is not a bad defense, and, and and they blocked well enough for him today. Which, you know, look, I, I, Ohio State's going to be heavily favored, and they should. And Ohio State's probably eighty percent going to win that game. But I think Michigan State has a outside puncher's chance, and uh, yes. and and it's just because they have, you know, they need the right dynamics to be in play, but they have enough offensive weapons. If, uh, that's, and that's and that's where my if is. I mean, yeah. Jalen Naylor didn't play in the second that's half. We don't point. know yeah. what happened with his hand. Um, it was heavily banded. I couldn't tell from up above if it was a cast, if it was just a tape, a heavy tape job, uh, if it was the hand itself or if it was the fingers because the fingers were taped in the middle as well. So that's going to be a storyline moving into the Purdue week and, and beyond that, but particularly against Ohio State because that's what that's what Michigan State has lacked. Like going against Ohio State is that speed and space that that Ohio State has in abundance, you know, on both sides of the ball. And that's what makes Michigan State's offense dangerous is having not just one, but two guys like that with Naylor and Reed. I, I, you know, there were some points where I thought that, you know, the other receivers kind of vanished. Um, and you could tell in the second half that Thorne knew that Naylor was out and basically told Reed, it's you and me. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just like in high school. And, you know, he even said, that, you know, there's game, there's points in games where they just have a look that they know when they're going to do it. Well, you know, and, and, and he also knows he gets certain matchups and, and it seemed like he got yeah. a few of them in the second half that he really liked with it. Because I thought they did a good job of taking Reed out of things. Michigan did in the first half uh, for a while and, yeah. and 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 he they had to go elsewhere. Um, you know, and, and Michigan's going to regret some some drives that ended in field goals. They have a really good kicker, but they kicked a lot of field goals and they they. they um, but Michigan State's defense because they, I mean, they got it's, it. We've seen this. Yep. We've seen that's, this play out all year. That's who they and are. Right. All those, yeah. all those passing yards, how many of them are between the 20s? What makes, you know, what I makes, mean, that's, and, and that's something I, I, I'm going to need some time. It would be nice. I should have done that during the bye week, but it'd be interesting to see how much of the passing comes between the 20s and what happens to the passing numbers once opponents get into the red zone because. They, they, they've done a good job of not just in the passing game, 
uh, in the red zone, but also in, in stuffing the run and forcing those field goal situations. Well, it, you know, the, the, what makes them a good defense is that they don't lose their confidence because people move the ball on them or they give up a, all the yards in the world, right? They, they just, they, they when like when they come up with that pick at the end, when they make a play, they have a swagger to them that makes you think they're playing like the 2013 defense, just shutting people down. And even, and, and so that there's a mental uh, strength to what they do and sort of a, a forgetting of, of, of what's happened in the past and a belief in they're good enough to do this. Um, and that's that a philosophical it, change from what Dan told I me. Mean, we talked about Dan totally. before. I mean, you know, everything was reliant on shutting teams down and not giving up the no fly zone, the, you know, but, and here's the difference. Though, them up the, number one run defense. And this defense has a different approach. And I think that's the Hazleton and, and Tucker philosophical difference from what D'Antonio was was running there. And and it's more of a modern approach because you've got teams that are gonna pass on you. So well, if you could, if you can limit them in the red zone and if you can limit their run game, you know, you give up the things between the twenties. Yeah, and, and but I also think they knew that their offense is their strength this year, right? So th- that's the other difference. D'Antonio didn't have an offense like this at the end. And, and, and so you play to your, you play to what you think is your, your strength. And, and um, you know, but to be honest at the end with his, his defense, they probably shouldn't have put quite so much pressure on him. They didn't really have a lot of choices. Um, so I guess, I mean, in terms of where this thing ranks is a, is a, um, an epic Michigan, Michigan state game. It's up to, and we, it's, there's always a danger of a prisoner of the moment, right? You, you just, right. The, the, sort of the emotions of a game you just saw that's, that's, that's epic are right in front of you. And, and so really it, it's one of those things that has to be sort of relitigated five years later. But I, it certainly would be a game we look back upon and write the stories about this game, 20 anniversaries of it, I think. Um, you know, it's up there with 15. It's up there with 99. It's up there with, with four. It's up there. Now, the thing about four is it, 2001. Yeah, 2001, and, and the difference here is that both teams were, were where they were at seven and zero, and then to have this sort of game, and you know, and you know, the, the closest thing is probably ninety nine, and, and that ninety five too. I think the ninety five yeah. game was ninety five like is no that was no a, that was a back and forth game all day, and you know, it comes down to some big plays in the passing game from and a couple controversial calls with the. The first down was it? Was it not? Then it gets penalty to push back. Eighty-eight so yard drive. Yeah. No. It was, yeah. No, that was no. You're, you're right, and that was and that was Saban's first year, and there was a lot of optimism and hope, and and um, so yeah, there there are a few, but this is up there, and, and it's all you can ask for. Uh, I mean, I, if you're a Michigan fan, it, it, it stinks, and I, you know, I don't know, um, you know, I mean, it's just it's a tough deal, and and how they do against Ohio State and Harbaugh's future and all that stuff. That's Stuff to be figured out later. I, like they I mean, play pretty it's well. amazing. It's amazing because it was it's a set, still a seven-one team, and they're really and they're a really good football team. Like they, they were in, in certain ways physically better than Michigan State in certain areas. And what's interesting about this MSU team is that's been the case several times now. It was the case against Indiana. It was the case against Nebraska, and they're eight zero. And so there is and there was for parts of the game against Miami in certain facets there were some questions there, but. That, I mean, that there is something to this MSU team. Um, and, you you know, some of it, you look, there's some luck that always goes into it. It's a charm season. They've stayed relatively, and we'll find out about Naylor, but the key guys have stayed relatively injury-free, and those seasons don't always happen. Um, but um, they're also good enough for this to happen, and there's a, there's a maturity and a mindset to them 
that that makes them tough. And, and we'll, it'll be tested against Purdue because Purdue's obviously what's happening to Iowa right now. Purdue's win against Iowa doesn't look quite as impressive as it did at the time, but Purdue's a capable team. And we have seen over the time, Chris, 2013, 2000, some of the years of really good MSU teams, maybe 15, where MSU struggled against Purdue. And 1999 after. Yes, in 99. Well, they had Drew Brees then. Oh, that's a little. Yeah, they did back-to-back face Drew Brees and Ron Dane. You know, right. and you wonder why they went ten and two instead of running the table that year. While well, that schedule right. set up this way, this team doesn't have Drew Brees or Ron Dane. Maryland it, doesn't have Ron Dane. In fact, Maryland doesn't have their, their top receiver for the rest of the year in Demas. And I, you know, that I think changes their dynamic. This is the one. Else. This is the game. Purdue, like to me, they get a home Maryland, and, and the focus and maturity they've showed. I think they're just a better team. And there aren't many teams like we've seen a few teams that they can sort of physically overtake. I think you know Rutgers was one. Um, you know we, we we've seen it here and there, but I, they'll, they'll they'll do it. Northwestern was another. I think they'll do it with Maryland. I don't yeah. know that they'll do it with Purdue. Like they're going to have to out execute Purdue and play well down well, maybe there. Maybe outscore them too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that'll be. You know, be, going back to Jay Johnson. Um, yeah. Before we wrap, um, not only did I think he called a good game. I, I, and I, correct me if you think I'm wrong on this, but there's no question to me that after that Penn State Illinois game, you know, the one that actually existed last week with the nine overtimes and the need for all those two point plays, Michigan State needed two two point plays to, to get tied. Yeah. And ultimately, that's the difference in the game score, right? So you, you have so many arrows in your quiver if you're an offensive coordinator. You could tell for how sharp they were on those two point plays with the motion on the second one, where they move all four guys out, the other four uh, eligible receivers out left, and go back right to to read. That was something they worked on a lot this week. You could tell with the, I mean, that was a bullet on the first one from Thorne to Mosley coming across the back of the end zone, and you could tell that those those plays were worked on a lot. Yeah. And whether it was to anticipate an overtime game or a situation like this. Credit the coaches for having that ready and prepared because they don't win this game without them. Uh, the best news for MSU, uh, unless something wild happens with the coaching staff or or anything, but they're going to lose. And I'm talking about long term here. You, you, they're going to lose some NFL talent off this roster. Some guys who make big plays and Jaden Reed and uh, and obviously Kenneth Walker and, and Xavier Henderson, who quite clearly was out the door. Yes, after Xavier some Henderson. Of the he totally. said after the game. Totally. The best thing they have going in terms of trying to build on this year as they go forward is they've got to have a redshirt junior quarterback who is growing and is smart and sophisticated and does not have a big enough arm or is tall enough for the NFL to want him early. That's the best thing. So so he'll have to grow into that guy. Speaking of Drew Brees. Right. And then they also have Jay Johnson. You have that marriage between those two guys for two more years and they do have nice young receivers. Otherwise, I think they're going to be fine there. I think a guy like Malik Carr had a catch today. You're going to see him. I, I think they're going to be fine Montori as a program. Foster. What's that? Montori, Mont- yes. Montori Foster quite clearly has elevated himself because there were times when it was Foster and Reed and known Mosley. You know, they they clearly thought Foster in in his role could duplicate or at least give some replication of what they had with Naylor. So he's a guy I think to keep an eye on here in the coming weeks. If, if Naylor's hand is that bad. No, I, yeah, no, that, then that'll be, that'll be interesting to see. Well, certainly football season marches on, right? This is one of those things where the euphoria hits a deadline and 
one side has to sort of recoup and you know for Michigan State which is a real dual sport school you know if if things go really badly against Michigan it's like your basketball is bouncing yeah something like that you know and, and things sort of change it's not one of the things I love about the Michigan State fan base and sometimes it's frustrating as a writer it's not one that can multitask they just they just can't and I, I enjoy that because you're not stuck on one sport all the time like at some schools Indiana basketball is a year-round thing it, it, and I'm not saying there aren't pockets and you know money ball is big and people get into the recruiting and I'm not saying it's not there but Michigan State fans will be on football early this week. They will struggle to move to basketball. <laughs> That'll be sort of an interesting component to watch. Um, and this, well, this football. you know, I thought Mel Tucker also before we wrap too. Um, I thought he sent a statement in a lot of ways without actually saying something. Um, I thought the way that he approached what this game meant and talked about Michigan State being a football school. Yeah, earmark that quote because yeah. that that was he he said something last year that nothing happens in his program without intent. And that was, I don't believe that was said without intent. So I would, you know, well, he, it is he, he, that he believes that Mel Tucker believes Michigan state is a football school. And I know that he hears it from the basketball coach who says that all the yeah. time. That tells you something about what his thought about the Michigan state job is. One of the most important things about this arrangement at Michigan state right now is Tom Izzo's willingness to make a lot less money than Mel Tucker. I mean, he's a guy who is, for 25 years, built a consistent winner, been the most important, uh, you know, person at Michigan State. I mean, he just, in terms of brand and everything, he's, you know, the winning and all that stuff. And Mel Tucker makes, you know, one and a half million more than him. And may, that may be different, who knows, with the end of this year. And um, Izzo is, I think, okay with that, you know. And Izzo, I mean, Izzo's a hockey fan, too. He weirdly probably thinks Dan Cole should probably make as much as him, too. That's I just what it is. You burn him. Yeah. Um, anyway, this this is fun, Chris. Um, and uh, for those of you who notice, if you're watching this, we're in our uh, dens. This is sort of a flashback to last year, but it worked well for audio on a cold jury night at Spartan Stadium. It's, it's better that way. Uh, we'll have continued coverage at freep.com, at lsj.com, greenandwhite.com. Thanks for watching and listening. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.